Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good evening, America. Today is December the 22nd, and man, I'm flying by. Uh, We've got one heck of a show for you this evening. I want to tell everyone that if you are having the holiday blues, now is the time for you to take a deep breath, sit back, chill out. Everything is going to be okay. You know, I found a long time ago that what appears to be often a curse, is really the very juncture where your blessing is going to greet you. The things that usher us into a new place, a new level of existence, the thing that bring us to a transformative point are always things that suck, and I do mean typically suck. You know, I was um, sitting back reflecting, looking at my life, and man, you know, there were Sometimes that if I had only been able to reach out and touch my future, I would have handled things in my past so differently. I remember having holidays spent at the University of Houston campus. Um, it would be me, the foreign exchange students, and the staff. And you would have all of these smells that did not remind you of Christmas. I mean, you know, people from other countries eat some really unique stuff. I guess they probably would say that if they come to the South and see us eating pig feet and chicken uh, chicken necks and all that kind of crap. But it would be so funny. I would. Um, it was the exact opposite of what I had seen in life as I was um, growing up. I remember looking back and and, uh, reflecting on how different things looked from the Christmases that I experienced as a child. And those things included so much from, um, you know, the Christmas trees and eggnog and the smell of hot spiced cider with uh, a little bit of brandy in it, going and hanging with friends that, you know, most of which now these people are even deceased. My mother's deceased. The kids have grown, and I look at life then, and even on some of those days, I thought, man, you know, I, you know, this, this is really cool, but I hope it gets better. Well, if that's where you are, I want to be the first person to tell you, if you're listening to this show right now, it is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It is the evidence. It's the proof. It is verification that something really wonderful is about to go down in your life. And now is such a time that you might want to get prepared for it. The things that we think that we are going to get a chance to see, the things that we think that we're going to get a chance to do, are just uh, they've been deposited in your reservoir for a reason. 
And the reason that it's there is that there is a part of you that is so intangible, your spirit. And your spirit has the opportunity to see things that your mind can't, you know, can't um, perceive a lot of this stuff, especially in the midst of a storm. So what we're going to do tonight is I have a very, very special guest. Um, this brother has done some phenomenal things. I think if any of you are uh, alive and living in the 21st century, you've seen the Showtime hit series Soul Food. Um, he also starred in Stomp the Yard. Um, the brother's got a new film coming out in January that I really think you guys should check out, and it's called Black Coffee. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome one of Hollywood's brightest, the newest shining stars, Mr. Darren DeWitt Henson, to the show. Darren, what's going on, man? Good evening, everyone, and uh, I am blessed to be on, and I'm, I'm thankful that you would have me on, and uh, I want to greet all of your listeners and say uh, Merry Christmas and, and Happy New Year to everyone. Hey, uh, that, that's really cool. I was really excited. I, I noticed something about the roles that I've seen you in. And they always, what I love about them is they always have this brother that seems to be cast into a set of circumstances that are typically beyond his control. And then when he finds himself in the midst of the, the avalanche of lemons, uh, he makes some beautiful lemonade. How do you find, Darren, art imitating life when you look at film and look at your own life? Well, art imitates life, and then life imitates art. It's, it's, it's reciprocal, which is why when we learn better, we must do better. Because if we, if we don't, then, again, what we're going to see artistically is just a, a, a mirror image of uh, what's happening in society. I myself choose roles uh, that are that way because really that's life, but it's come as you are, don't stay as you are, and which to me is a profound thought that I have in my head. And even when I'm at a point where it seems like it's a cacophony for me, um, it, 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 it just continues. So I, I like to get those roles that basically um, speak to the audience where people can see themselves uh, in the role, but then at the same time, they are maturing as the characters are maturing as well. As you've been um, evolving, I know that there were times going back when the life that you're living today probably didn't look like the life you were living back then. On this uh, program, I like for people to know that no matter what they're going through, no matter how dark the, the moment appears to be, that there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Darren, share with me a couple of those moments in your life where you figured this was a boat you probably weren't going to make or when you were at that moment where, you know, you're about to throw your hands up and say, you know what, I think I'll just go get a job. Take us back to that day. Well, let me start off by saying that my belief system is the person that I was, the person that I am, and the person that I will be are three different people. Um, in our levels of consciousness, we either realize something or we don't. You said a little while ago our spirit realizes things before we actually mentally do. I'm in agreement with that. Um, and clearly I'm paraphrasing, but I'm in agreement with that. I uh, 
like a lot of other people, have gotten frustrated, get frustrated. I just make different decisions and choices. I never give up. I believe that there's no such thing as failure unless you give up. And I, I, I can't spell give up. I wouldn't know how to spell it. <laughs> um, but w- what I do, opposed to saying, you know, I'm going to give up and, and, and get a regular job, well, I, I, I'd like to think that I know a little bit too, too much to even operate from that mindset. There's an, there's an acronym, you know, job, just over broke. I don't believe in just having jobs. I believe in being an entrepreneur, number one. And anybody that is listening, what I would say to you is create a definite aim and purpose. A lot of times people say they're bored. Well, I say if you're bored, maybe you're just not being creative enough. And if you feel like giving up, then let's see what's really going on because giving up is just an avenue that you're dealing with emotionally because you don't want to deal with the pressures anymore. So once we resolve the pressures of whatever it is that we're dealing with, then we no longer want to give up. We feel good about who, where, and what we are. So if we start to discover more of a definite aim and purpose, in other words, what do I want, why do I want it, and when do I plan on getting it? Once you figure that out, then you start writing a definite aim and purpose. A lot of people say they want to be happy. Okay, that's great. I'm sure everybody does. But how do you plan on obtaining this happiness? Most people don't create, make, or write a plan down, which is why they bump into so many brick walls. So if we sat down and we wrote out a plan, then I think the objective of what we want, we'd probably be able to hold it in our hands a lot quicker. My frustrations came from early childhood of not being able to control circumstances that the adults were in charge of. So for me, I turned to what I found out spoke for me, which was dance, uh, talent shows, acting, and speaking. And what that afforded me the opportunity was this. When I spoke, people listened. When I danced, people clapped. Very early on, I associated and anchored performing to feeling good. Perform, people clap, feel good. Speak, say something that sounds good, is good, and is good for you, people enjoy. Anchor that. So what I did was I anchored those positive things to represent me in life. I paid attention to what was going on around me. I wrote it down. And I went back home, and I put more study into it. And I think that, for me, I never looked back. When I was 17 years old, I worked for the Department of Parks and Recreation. And I loved my job because I worked at a pool, I worked at a beach, and I worked in the city parks in New York City in the Bronx. But I remember when I had decided to move forward with my career as a performer, I backslid, meaning... Like Michael Jackson, the moonwalk, which we call backsliding, uh, not the, the uh, spiritual term backsliding, but the dance term backsliding, uh, I backslid out of the office and I said, this is my last day in corporate America. And I meant it because what I wanted to do, which was significant to me, I wanted to perform and dance. So I used the physical interpretation of what I felt emotionally, which was the moonwalk, leaving out of a place that I could see in front of me, and I used that. And 
still today I bump into some of the people they come to some of the workshops that I do or appearances that I make, and they go, I remember when you slid out of the office. (laughs) It's true. They said you always knew what you wanted to do. It's called definite aim and purpose. And unless we have, unless we create a definite aim, like a, a bow and arrow and a purpose, you know, some people use bows and arrows to eat. Well, that's a definite aim and purpose. The definite aim is the objective. The bow and arrow is the utensil that you're going to point in the right direction, and when you release what it is that your will is setting forth, the bow will go in the direction that you send it. And it will aim at the target, which will, you will consume as food, and that will help sustain your life for those people who do eat meat. That is just a story or a parable, if you wish, uh, to say definite aim and purpose. There's a reason that this person is doing what they are doing, and it's to sustain life. And I think about my life objectively the same exact way. I practice, I read, I activate my personal power to get to what it is that I want to do and what I feel that I need to do for myself, my family, and my community, who I might add is not only watching me, but is watching, I mean, not only listening to me, but is watching what I do. You know, something that I find uh, amazing in what you're saying, it's an awareness that uh, I'm just coming to in my life. I was having dinner uh, with my producer the other night, and, and both she and I are very into um, using metaphysics. I have a, as a matter of fact, I even have a master's degree in metaphysics, and um, it's so funny. I got this degree, but she probably does it better than me. But we were talking about the art of manifestation, and one thing that you just mentioned was that you put your passion, you line things up in such a way where you put your passion and you married your passion to your purpose, and the, traje- the trajectory that it launched on was uh, meeting that little vortex of where belief and hope and expectancy all converge in this little one hypotenuse. And as this convergence takes place, manifestation awaits. I noticed that uh, when I was checking out some of uh, the things that you created, one of them is a really wonderful book, and I'm going to I really suggest to people that you guys pick this book up. It's called Ain't That the Truth? And uh, Darren uh, put this book out uh, not so long ago. But the thing that I love about it that resonated with me is that it, it, the, it, even in the uh, marketing where it says, you know, this book is to remind us that no one is perfect, and I'm going to do what you just did. I'm going to kind of segue and paraphrase a little bit. But it says we can be better than we were yesterday. Remove fear, remove doubt, and look towards your future. If there was a set of circumstances going and jumping off from that moment where you backslid and while you holding his church people, if you didn't hit a man, he's not talking about backsliding in church. He's talking about the moonwalking. But when if you can look back at other instances in your life where I call these things these vortices where we go from one season to the next 
could you give me some of your really high moments where Darren Henson looked up and went, wow, I knew this would happen, but right before it did, there was this special moment. Could you give me an example of a couple of those? Absolutely. Um, one of the things I'd like to say before I do that, no matter what religion or belief system you come in, truth is truth. And there, there's a saying, there are two mistakes one can make along the road to truth. One is not going all the way, and the other one is not starting. And they said the Buddha said that, not going all the way and not starting. Those are the two mistakes one can make along the road to truth. And my truth was this. I desired, I desired to have an MTV Music Award. I'm a guy from the Bronx who, like many people, ate school lunches, uh, didn't get the best grades in school, uh, got in trouble sometimes, uh, was frustrated, uh, came from a, a single-parent home. So I, like myself, uh, I, like other people, had dreams and desires. Now, my aha moments came from when I really focused on what I wanted, and I did one major thing, and that thing is I removed fear, false evidence that appears real. It's not real. It's just a perception. Once I removed fear, the aha moments started to show up more and more. And what I found out was when I looked at people who had things that I wanted, like Anthony Thomas had an MTV Music Award from Rhythm Nation, and he was a street dancer. And I said to myself, I want one of those. I want to be known as one of the best choreographers in the world, and I want a moon man. And I held on to that dream. One of my biggest dreams was to work with Michael Jackson, and I held on to that dream. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, but I knew why. I knew why I wanted to work with Michael Jackson. And my whole teenage career, my whole young adult 20s, everything that I did, I did with the intention of working with Michael Jackson. And one day in 1995, there was an open call audition. And they were looking for dancers who were six feet tall. Now, I am not six feet tall, but I thought this is a, a moment in time where I can look at this and I say I'm not six feet and look at it as, oh, well, my dreams are coming and going right in front of me. Or I can do something. I can participate in my life. I can be a co-creator of what happened in my life. And what I did was I went to the shoemaker, and I asked the shoemaker to put lifts inside of these boots that I had. And he put these lifts in the boot. And I went to the audition, and I got the call back. And they said, I am one of 20 people that is getting a call back to come back. I went to the call back, and I booked the job. And in 1995, I started to work with Michael Jackson for a full year. Now, my aha moment came two times. I said, you can sit back and complain that you're not tall enough or you can make yourself tall enough and be creative to figure out how to do that. The second aha moment 
was when they told me I got the call back. I realized once I removed fear, then opportunities started looking for me. So my belief system is whatever you're looking for is also looking for you. Now, after you know, working with say it again. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt that story. Keep going. Now, after working with Michael Jackson, clearly uh, I, my, my dance skills were sharpened. And then I went on to choreograph NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye, which is what I won the MTV Music Award for. But before winning the MTV Music Award for Bye Bye Bye, you know, I had choreographed for a lot of other people. Once again, definite aim and purpose. So everything I did, I did to the best of my ability, and I did it at the most of my ability. So I was planning for success by always doing the best that I could do. And then in 2000, two things happened for me. I played Lem on the Soul Food series, Soul Food, uh, Showtime series Soul Food, and I won the MTV Music Award for NSYNC's Bye 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 just because I removed fear and had a definite aim and purpose. I kept what I wanted in my mind. So I did what Scripture says. It says, knock and the door shall be opened. Ask and ye shall receive. Faith without works is dead. All of those are action words. So I said, see it, say it, and do it. See it, say it, and do it. If I can see it in my mind, I say it out of my mouth, and I follow through with my physical actions and my intention. It is going to happen. That is phenomenal. America, you're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We're going to take a quick 60-second break, and we'll be right back with more of Darren Henson. This is Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. a heck of a show tonight. There's something that I want everyone to pay attention to as we speak with Darren Henson. If you noticed in everything that he says, there is not a moment where productivity wasn't part of the equation. That's number one. Number two, if you notice in everything that he said, never was there an absence of purpose. And lastly, and certainly not least, there wasn't an absence of activity. You know, many of us on a day-in, day-out basis, sit back and we think of all the things in life that we want to say are passing us by, all the things that we want to uh, blame other people for, we want to say that um, the opportunity didn't come our way, life was just not fair enough, we did not have, um, we didn't get a, um, a fair shot at whatever it was that we wanted to do, the devil 
blocked us? Well, I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what God has blessed and you cannot be cursed, and your footsteps are definitely ordered. However, you need to be aware that God only steers moving vehicles, and the reason why this brother is successful is because his vehicle never set parked while he was playing like he was driving. He actually got in it, got the gumption, and, and just the simplest of things, he decided to just do it. Now, with that said, Darren, there are times that we find ourselves needing inspiration, and we need someone to believe in us like we believe in ourselves. Who is that person for you? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I, I turn, I, first of all, I always turn to a higher power. Um, I truly believe that God can't do anything to you. He can't do through you. So that's what I truly believe. God does to you what he does through you and others. So when we hear about people uh, who seem like they, they, they don't feel loved or people who are depressed, what, what I say to them and to myself on a consistent basis God is ever-existing, was, is, and forever will be. I could never be alone. And the only way that I could feel and be alone is I dismiss what the truth is, that God is always there. Information is always there. The only way I can't see a car coming is if I close my eyes. But then again, you can hear a car coming. So, you would have to cut off all your senses and be desensitized not to know that God is always there and you always have the ability to confess. You always have the ability to speak. You always have the ability to pray. I look at inspiration, and I have learned this, to be aware of things around me all the time. One of the things that I have learned, people ask me, is your glass half empty and half full? I said, well, even if the glass was what you consider to be half full of water or another person would say it's half empty, I would say the glass is always full because if I'm looking at and paying attention to all the elements in the glass, it may be half water and the other half is air. So the glass is always full. You see? It's the same way people could listen to this radio station right now. Just because they may turn the dial doesn't mean we're not on. They're just not tuned into the signal. So what I do is I keep my radio tuned in. I, keep, I try to keep my consciousness tuned in. So I go to prayer. Uh, I go to motivational books. I go to motivational quotes. And I go to people that I know are living the life that I admire. You see, I seek success. If I wanted to be married for 50 years, I'm not going to ask a divorced person. I'm going to ask somebody who was married for 50 years. If I want to be a uh, successful entrepreneur, I'm going to find somebody who runs a successful business. I am going to do what I call role modeling. And what happens is, and we were taught that, a fool learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from mistakes of others. And what that simply means is, is find somebody 
who is doing what you want to do or has the knowledge that you want to acquire, and you create a friendship or you create them to be your mentor or you become of service to them. That way you can learn from them. You can be of service to them. And that's where I live. That's the mentality that I live in. I am always and perpetually a student. In life, the things that bring a lot of transformation to us is moving beyond the places where we fell or where we slipped. And in my opinion, I think the person that gets back up again is the one that has the fortitude and the perseverance to actually make it. There are a lot of people listening to us right now in the Virgin Islands and the U.K. and the Caribbean and, you know, one of them is, uh, you know, I, I just got a little backdoor message, but one is asking, when, when and if you ever fail, how did you get back up? So when, and I'm sure you did have one time when you kind of went, oops, <laughs> in life, when did you do it and what did you use to pull yourself back up or how did you pull yourself back up? Absolutely, and that's a great question. Um, bless up to all those people in the islands. Um, I, uh, to be very honest, it, it happened to me. You know, I was in a in a business deal that uh, there was over two hundred million dollars that was made in the business deal, and uh, over a couple of years, we found out there was millions of dollars missing that didn't end up uh, with my name on a check. Um, and lawsuits happen, and then partnerships broke up. We all go through it. And, you know, I, I could have got depressed, but what I said was, okay, that happened. I can create. I can do this. I can do that. I have everything that I need to recreate again. So I didn't allow money, which came from creativity, to stop me from creating more. And when I'm telling you, there was a lot of money uh, that ended up not making my pocket, uh, you know, which was very disappointing. Uh, I had created something that became very, very lucrative to me, but I didn't get all of my money. And, you know, the average person, that will stop their process if it didn't do what it was supposed to do in your eyes, if you're supposed uh, 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 $100 but somebody only gives you 20 of it, you know, that may disappoint you and stop you from doing something again, but I didn't. What I did was I said, and I thought about what is it that I want to do, and I wanted to affect social and economic change in people. I wanted to truly show people how... You can come as you are. Just don't stay as you are. I wanted to be able to teach people how to dance and have fun with their family. I wanted to be able to create dialogues amongst people about health and fitness. And my intention on doing that was much stronger than my disappointment. So what I did was I focused on what I wanted, and that got me out of the bed. What I focused on what I wanted, that made me work out more. I focused on what I wanted. It made me sit down at the computer and write more. I focused on what I wanted. It put me in a position to go out into the neighborhoods and shake hands and hug and speak to people. I know what I wanted, which made me a better philanthropist to giving back more. 
So I focused on what I wanted, not what I don't want, because what I didn't want already happened. Okay, we know what happened, but now what do I do want? So that's what I focused, and that's what got me out of bed. That's what kept me moving. That's what kept me on purpose. Once you know what your purpose is, you have to realize you're going to have bumps in the road. You may get a flat tire, you know. You, you, you may hit a pothole. Somebody may, you know, run a red light. You got to take a deep breath and then move forward until you have what you want in your hand, and then after that, you move forward. Sometimes you got to pause, but you take a deep breath and you keep moving forward because you can have whatever you want in this life if you're willing to be patient enough, if you're willing to work hard enough for it. There's a saying, ask more of yourself than anybody could ever ask of you, and you will always be prepared. You know, when I think about those um, transitional elements, two things I learned is anything that you truly and dearly want, you, you will get, and in equal measure that what you really, really don't want. If you keep thinking about it, you are going to continue to manifest a lot of that too. So a lot of us are having these things haunt us and uh, almost as a ball and shackle to our dreams and hopes keep us restricted because we cannot let go of these things that we're carrying around. When you look back at your life, Darren, there are times that as in the life of any successful man, you cross paths with circumstances, situations, and individuals that can almost uh, stagnate, if not suffocate you emotionally. They can take where you had a very clear view and nothing but uh, an eagle eye on the prize. But when these people sometimes are just present, be they in physical form and thought, they can retard your progress. They can blind you on a clear day. How did you, when you had to forgive someone, how did you do it? Because a lot of people that are listening to you right now are being blocked, and not because there is a restriction present, but there's a conception error. And that conception error is these people cannot remove the presence of someone that has uh, taken a front row seat and the midst of their dreams. What and when did it, and I know you probably can't mention a name, so I'm not trying to get someone in a libel suit, but oh, I, I was circumstances yeah, I was, when you had I was, to give. Yeah, I was disappointed a lot in my life um, through relationships, through business relationships, um, disappointed with how people handled something once they were, given an opportunity to be involved in, you know, things that I was doing with my companies. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I can say to, to the listeners is if you're looking for revenge, make sure you dig two graves because if you carry that energy around, it's going to kill you too. That's one. The other thing is whatever you're focused on, you're going to call to yourself. If you're always focused on your problem, you're just going to create more of that problem. It's going to get bigger and it's going to get heavier. Focus on the solution. Be solution-driven, resolution, resolve. Figure out what it is, how to get over it, whether it's a relationship. Realize that something may have just gone through a season. 
See, what happens is people like getting stuck in seasons, right? God is going to give you winter, spring, summer, and fall, whether you like it or not. You can't just have summer all the time. And you have to respect the process. And sometimes people in our lives, they're not bad. They're just disagreeable to where we want to go. And sometimes we're disagreeable to where they want to go. It's not always someone else's fault. We must look at ourselves. There was a lot of times where I was disagreeable to others. And I said I was disagreeable because of my intention and where I wanted to go. That didn't necessarily make me or them wrong. It just meant we wanted different things out of life. And that's okay. It's okay to have different opinions. It's okay to make different choices. But we have to release and we have to let go. For if we do not, we get tied to that very thing. Um, When it came to my desire to perform, there were people who, you know, wouldn't help me if it was a dance routine I was creating. And, you know, I asked a few people in the past, you know, uh, and this is over the years, you know, would you come over and rehearse? Well, how much are you going to pay me? And I just thought, man, I, I remember a time where we danced for free. Now you have to pay people to practice a routine or to put a routine on somebody's body if you want to see how it looks. Or if I was in a relationship and I said, you know, this industry I'm in is, is, is tough. I just I want a good support system. I found that people became jealous of me whether they were male or female, if they were friends, they, they were jealous of you because, you know, uh, who you were and, and how much you were doing. And I thought, you know, people say you changed, but you didn't change. They changed. And that really disappointed me. And what I found was that there's a lot of times when you're growing, people don't want to see that growth if they're not growing. And that hurt my heart. It hurt my mind. It hurt my spirit until... I overstood what was really going on. They did not allow themselves to grow, and because they didn't allow themselves to grow, they didn't want to see anybody growing around them, especially somebody they grew up with, especially somebody who they worked with at one time, especially somebody they went to school with. Because you see, when you grow, you have to understand, whatever is in your circle at that time, when you grow, you're going to go through growing pain then your circle opens. But even once that circle opens, you say, yeah, I got control of this, but guess what God brings you? More growing pains. And it's okay. Sometimes when you pray for God to protect you from your enemies, you start losing friends. Ain't that the truth? You know, one thing that you mentioned is contrast is the definitely the birthing stool for change. And the one thing that is consistent in this universe is change. Another thing is that God is never living in the past. So if you are, unless you're an archaeologist or an anthropologist, uh, you probably are wasting time. And if you are so focused on the future, you are definitely missing out on right now. What, when, with that said, there was another um, very, very well put together piece of content that you created, and it's called Intimate Thoughts. And it's, a, um, it's something that I think is, an, it's, in my opinion, the perfect anthology where there's so many different aspects of belief that these things create in the mind's eye as well as in the third eye of the mind. 
our vision of self and a vision of uh, self-awareness, what were you, um, what was driving you when you created Intimate Thoughts? Intimate Thoughts came from me speaking and lecturing over the, com- uh, over the country. Uh, and there was a doctor, his name is Dr. Maurice A. Lee, who actually wound up writing the foreword in, in that book. He approached me after one lecture and he said, why are you being so selfish? And I was confused because I had just given my time and energy to a, an organization. And, and I said, what do you mean? He said, you're being selfish. And I said, can you, can you please explain what that means? And uh, he said, you can't be everywhere at one time, but a book can. Your words that you're speaking to these people that are affecting them in such positive ways, people all over the world would be able to get. And I thought, that's amazing. Wow, nobody had ever put it that way to me. And it was such a justified statement, and I said, I want to help people. I want to show them that change is constant. Change is constant. So we must have a spirit of change, and we must have a directional spirit of change because change is going to happen around us whether we like it or not. But if we focus on the direction that we want our changes to go in, then, again, we can be co-creators of our lives. And that's what made me write the book statement that Dr. Maurice A. Lee uh, from the M.A. Lee Scholarship Fund made. And I, I thought it was such a dynamic statement, and it created such a passion in me to assist other people and to show them that there's so many ways to get to where they want to be, not just one way. The same way you might be driving to a destination, you can take the highway, the freeway, the byway, the streets. Uh, You could take a bus, a car. Uh, uh, You know, it's so many ways that you can get there. So if we would allow ourselves to be open to all of the individual ways, uh, we might get there a little bit sooner. So it's a constant reminder with the pages in that book that our history is not yet fully written and we can manifest through intention what it is that we want if we are willing to work for it, if we are willing to see what we've gotten because where we are right now is a residual effect of our belief system in our yesterdays. But in order to get to where we want to be tomorrow, we might have to learn some new things and activate ourselves uh, in a new way to get where we want to be tomorrow. You know, when I was looking at um, some of your other content, I I was checking out Four uh, Four of Hearts, and then I looked at the trailer. I think the the film Black Coffee comes out in January. Is that correct? Yes, I have a new film uh, that I'm starring in called Black Coffee out. Uh, in AMT theaters, January 10th, and that stars myself, uh, Gabrielle Dennis, Erica Hubbard, Lamont Rucker, Christian Keyes, a, a wonderful cast uh, written by Mark Harris. And um, I tell people, if you love the best man, 
you're going to absolutely adore black coffee. You know, it's, when I was looking at the trailer, something that just hit home with me, and I, and I just want to do, I guess, uh, a little man cave conversation real quick on it. And I'm not going to give away at all anything about this film other than you guys really, 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 really need to go and see Black Coffee, I think. Um, uh, and I, I'm saying this to the brothers that are listening, too, so don't you guys give me the backlash. This is not just a chick flick. If anything, it's a human not flick. Not at all. And it's a flick that will make you really search yourself and ask yourself when you look at these archetypical representations of the characters, you know, who are you? Because at any given day, in one minute you are the villain as well as the victim. In uh, another minute, you are the heroine as, the, as well as the needing to be rescued. And sometimes we can be all of these people in the same moment. There was this one scene, however, Darren, that stood out to me, and, and it was so funny. Uh, it's in the trailer, so I'm not giving away much, uh, where you find out that, okay, your job is gone. And you, you're stymied. You're like, okay, I've lost my job. And the woman that's in your life, is you come home and you're like, well, what are you doing, boo? You know, what's with the boxes? What's with this? And she looks at you without batting an eye, without even so much as a, um, as a hesitation in her voice. And talk about art imitating life, fellas. So this is definitely not the chick side of a chick flick. And this woman looks at you and says, well, hell, you lost your job, so you know you can't take care of me, and she gets, she gets ghost on you. What is your opinion of that, man, and, and how that plays out in a real-world situation? Well, you know, what's, what's interesting is that a lot of times we're rushing towards things and people, but we don't know the nature of their heart. So my character, Robert, if he would have known the nature of this woman's heart, he would have known in hard times she would be fleeting. So that's a lesson to be learned. Sometimes we get involved with people for stature. Uh, we get involved with people for looks. We get involved with people because uh, we, we are in need, but we don't pay attention to who they really are and why they're surrounding themselves by you. So he learned a valuable lesson. Um, that character that she was playing, which was played by Erica Hubbard and, and played it amazingly well, um, was, was basically there to get what, what she could from him. And when times were rough for, the, you know, my character Robert, she was gone. So we must pay attention to the nature of people and what it is that they're looking for. So it, it's important to keep our eyes and minds and hearts open to the truth because it, it does exist that way in society. Do you think that sometimes, um, especially we as men, we get so trapped in wanting to represent an iconic image, or even to the point that we go from being a person to a persona and from a persona to a caricature for some of us, because we want so bad to live up to this myth that we've created or that society has created about what is the embodiment of a man, quote-unquote, and, and in my opinion, I have a lot of people that come in my office, you know, as a, as a, as a relationship expert, as an expert on emotional intelligence. I see on a consistent basis people trying to fulfill themselves 
uh, through other people, and then when the other people realize that, you know what, you are doing nothing but being vampiristic, like a vampire, you're sucking the life out of me, and when I tell you, you know what, I'm shutting the ID on right now, I'm going to pull the catheter mm-hmm. out, and you need to sustain yourself off of what God put in you, not what he put in me, then mm-hmm. these people become angry. What would you advice would you give to the especially to men but women too and during this holiday season while they are sitting home in the house tonight drinking out that box of wine listening to Merry Christmas Baby and Santa Claus is coming to the ghetto and all of these hood rat themes to say snap out of it there is something wonderful that is out here for you soon as you get your teeth out of somebody else's blessings. Yes. Um, to be very honest, this is how, in, in, my, in my humble opinion, my unsolicited opinion, I believe. I believe innately everybody is good. I believe that everybody wants happiness. I believe that everybody desires wonderful things in their lives. But what happens is that people give up on listening to the silence. I say turn off the TV, put down the wine, put down the cigar, put down the marijuana, put down the cigarette, put down the beer, put down the vodka, put down the rap music, turn off the TV and just sit in silence and listen to the wonderful sound that will come to you. It may get very noisy, but be patient with yourself. And you'll start to get wonderful information. And that information, once you are silent, once you are still, the information that is provided to you will be exactly what you were looking for. So still, peace be still, and allow the noise to be removed. Allow the noise to go away and allow the information to come to you because our lives are merely the questions that we ask of it. So we must ask better questions. And those people that act as vampires and are attracted to the light, don't... (laughs) That's deep. Don't... Yeah, don't go into a negative state of mind with them because then what you would be doing is the same thing that they're doing. Acknowledge their hunger for light because they may be living in darkness and they may be attaching themselves to you and utilizing you wrong, but the reason that they attach themselves to you in the first place is because you are illuminating so much light they don't understand how they operate, and most of the times they don't even know what they're doing. They're just sucking, absorbing as much as they can. Your position is to acknowledge it, to see it, and protect yourself from it until they become aware and remove the darkness from around them, and then you can be brilliant together. But don't feel bad. See, we have to stop saying, I'm sorry. Well, if you didn't do anything sorryful, there's nothing to be sorry about. You can say, excuse me. You can say, please forgive me. 
but you don't have to say, I'm sorry, or you don't have to say, you make me sick, or they make me sick, because then you physically will become, because you're calling that metaphysical energy to yourself. Just say, this person is disagreeable to my spirit right now, and I have to remove myself from them and hold no responsibility for their happiness, for they are responsible for themselves. And you have to be responsible for yourself because if you allow yourself to be absorbed by them, then you, not them, are putting yourself in harm's way. You know, that is, uh, there's so much fruit in that tree. But the one thing I, I want people to really tune in to write about now is that there's so many of us that are sitting around and when we're not roasting chestnuts around an open fire hell, some people don't even have a dang fire, let alone heat. And it's going to be a empty, lonely Christmas because, um, you know, I just had a young friend of mine, she's 25 years old, riding her bike from Whole Foods Market, gets hit by a car, she's in a coma. Two days later I get a phone call, this girl is dead, just came back from studying cooking in Europe and what have you. So there are a lot of people that another one, uh, brink of divorce, right at Christmas and now having to sit down and talk to the children about, you know, mommy and daddy may not be making it through this thing or there's someone else that just, you know, they just found out uh, first week in December that, you know what, you're not being relocated with everyone else because your job is no longer here. You're out. You're pink still. So for those people, Darren, that are taking deep breaths, that have a few wrinkles on the forehead, that are smiling on the outside and crying on the inside, those people that feel while in the midst of a crowd that they are yet all alone, what do you have to say to them? I say to them, you are not alone. I say to them that you are cared and loved for. And what I would want them to do is to change their physical state. I would want them to change their physical state. I'm going to say that again. I want them to change their physical state. I want them to stand up the way they would if they were completely successful. I want them to breathe deep as if they couldn't fail. And I want them to walk around the house, no matter how strange it feels, no matter how crazy it feels, I want them to put a smile on their faces like they were completely successful and had everything in their lives that they wanted. And I want them dare them to feel sad or saddened or depressed when they have a smile on their face. And no matter what they try to do, I want them to keep that smile on their face. I want them to walk around the way they would if they were successful. And I want them to, 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 to move like they, they had everything they wanted. And I dare them to try to feel depressed or angry with that smile on their face, standing up nice and tall like they're successful, without dropping their shoulders down. I dare them to try to feel unsuccessful. I dare them to try to feel unwanted. I dare them to try to feel saddened by changing their physical. They change their emotional, for it is tied together. Your emotional is tapered by the physical. 
the same way I could ask anybody that is listening, what does a person who's depressed look like? What do they walk like? They're probably head down, shoulders slumped over. What do they sound like when they talk? They probably speak really slow and soft-toned. Now I say, what do those people feel like who are successful? How do they stand? How do they breathe? How, how are their muscles in their face when they're smiling? You see, our physical controls are emotional. So I challenge you to change your physical today and your emotional will change immediately after that. And once your emotional changes, then you stay in that state. You stay there because you have control over what happens in your life just from changing your physical state. Man, that is good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Darren, the last thing before you get out of here, and, and I want to thank you. This hour is going by really, really quick. There's uh, some very viable content. And for those of you that tuned into this program at the midway point or at some point other than the beginning, it is archived for you, so you can always listen to this program as well as any other program that I do uh, and blocked on radio. We are a featured program, and all of our programs are archived. Darren, where can people reach out and touch you? Where can they see you? What's on your calendar? Give us some points of contact and some things to look forward to in the near future. Please, please come visit me. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait. I want to service you, take care of you. I want to talk to you. I want to write you. Come to my website right after this program, which is DarrenHenson.com. That's D-A-R-R-I-N-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. All your listeners, I would love for them to come on, look at the movie trailer, which is Black Coffee, and did it January 10th, talk about my book, Intimate Thoughts, as well as Ain't That the Truth. Or if you want to get your body and your health together, we can discuss uh, my DVD, which is called Get Fit and Stay Fit, but is on DarrenHenson.com. And you can also Twitter me at at Mr. D. Hen. That's M-R-D-H-E-N. And, Doctor, I'd like to read something for you um, one second and your listeners, if, if I may Please. have 10, 10 seconds. Please do. Take and 15. I, and I want, I want everybody to think of this, even if you close your eyes right now. I want everybody to close their eyes and just concentrate on my voice, and I want you to think about life. Life is available for a limited time only. Limit one per person, and it is subject to change without notice provided as is and without any warranties, notwithstanding the sole responsibility of the recipient, which may incur damages arising from use or misuse, additional parts sold separately. Your mileage may vary, and it's subject to all applicable fees and taxes, Terms and conditions apply. Other restrictions apply. Wow. Deep, man. That's, that's good stuff. That's real good stuff. Darren, hey, thanks for spending a wonderful and um, beautiful Sunday evening, and I want to wish you and all those that you love and that are under your concern uh, a very happy holiday season and an even more prosperous new year. Thank you. I wish you the same, Doctor, and God bless all of you who are listening and your families in perpetuity.
All right, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, actor Darren Henson, and this is, uh, this is really cool. You know, I wanted you guys to hear the ingredients that compose the souffle of a wonderful life. This man has started, just like anybody else, if any of you know about working in the arts of theater in L.A. or in New York, it is no joke. Um, you better bring your A game, and if you have, uh, you can't take criticism in your thin skin, you are not going to hang, and yet they're going to chew you up and spit you out because that machine is no joke. But through belief, and I, and I want you guys, because I'm going to do a Christmas show, and I'm going to actually do this show like just me, so you guys do not want to miss what's going to happen on Wednesday, but... What uh, I'm going to be talking about is manifestation in the laws of attraction, operating in the moment and having clarity and creating the vortex and, and how to connect with the spiritual guides that are tandem to you and how to get a prayer answered and to distinguish your voice from God's voice and all of this good stuff. But what Darren Henson said this evening, ladies and gentlemen, was that he was working a regular gig and dude, Moon walked out of the office and said, you know what, after the day, I'm not going to do anything but my destiny. Now, he had no guarantees. There was no one saying, hey, Darren, we're over here, man. Who are you? Success. Come on. It, it wasn't nothing like that. This dude just held true to a vision. And even deeper, uh, just like many other young people, he sat there and he said, I am going to work with Michael Jackson. I'm going to work with Michael Jackson. And he spoke that into existence. And what happened? You already know the monkey wrench of society, the monkey wrench of doubt, the monkey wrench of conformity, the monkey wrench of construct said, you need to be six feet tall. This brother is not six feet tall. He's much bigger than personality, much bigger in persona, but in actual height, the brother is not six feet tall. But he was the biggest guy on the stage, and out of all of those people, he was one of the 20 they called back. And then out of the 20, he became one of the few that ended up sharing the stage with Michael Jackson, with Prince, with Britney Spears, with Christina Aguilera, with Ursha, with the Spice Girls, with NSYNC, with J-Lo. I mean, this dude has beasted his whole life out for one reason, and that is passion mixed with action, mixed with belief, mixed with expectation, and now the man is living and operating in the vortex. And it's so funny, you know, both of us are African-American men, and you would not distinguish this conversation tonight from Tony Robbins, from Wayne Dyer, from Deepak Chopra. I mean, I could just go down a, a bigger and bigger list and, and add more names, but at the end of the day, us, Bob Proctor, all of us are telling you the same thing. Success is yours, but it will not be unless you declare it, seize it, and believe it. Now, with that said, I know you got to uh, get ready for tomorrow. For those of you that aren't uh, off of work yet, um, please, tomorrow, don't uh, go nuts. Do not be in Walmart uh, running over nobody with your buggy. And don't be out there wrestling over a toy and over an electronic good. Trust me, there will be some left after December the 25th. So please stop tripping and just remember the season for the reason for the season. And it ain't about the presence, man. It's about being present. 
So why don't we focus on that? The other thing is I want to make a quick little announcement, and we'll be getting out of here, Julia, probably in about two minutes, but I just want to do this little announcement. I am going to be on tour uh, the day right after Christmas. I'm heading out of Houston, as a matter of fact, heading to Atlanta. And a good friend of mine, Dr. Conte Terrell, called up, and she was like, Yvonne, you know, why don't we hook up and do something in Atlanta? So I have a lot of fans out there. And so does she. So I want to see you guys. It's going to be at 4319 Covington Highway. I'm going to repeat that, 4319 Covington Highway. That's in Decatur, Georgia, which is proximal to Metro Atlanta, of course. And it's going to be a meet and greet. So I'm going to sign autographs and talk about uh, my new book that's coming out. And the biggest part of this thing is if you are looking for the love of your life, if you are wanting to position yourself where you can actually come in contact with that which was predestined for you and not blow it this time, if you really want to get all of these things that you've been envisioning for yourself, these things that you've been praying about and beseeching and sowing seeds and all of that, you really might want to come out. That's Thursday, December the 26th. That's Thursday, December the 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. And I'm going to be talking about those exact things, you know, and how to make it happen. Now, 30 seconds away, Julia, last thing I want to tell you is don't get tripped out. You know, if you are alone in this season, the reason why you are alone is because God wants you all to himself. He wants your undivided attention so that you can focus on things that you have been ignoring. So if people have been removed from your life, be they that their hearts were turned in another direction or because you did something and your subconscious mind created a set of circumstances to cause them to go ahead and boogie on down the road. Or, you know, let's say, for instance, that it was just their time. You know, they fulfilled their purpose on earth and that last breath was taken and they passed on. Whatever the case, however they left your life, doesn't matter. They left. And the only reason they left is because it was time for them to go. And if it was time for them to go, that is the evidence, that's the confirmation, that's the proof that it's time for you to come, to come in contact with your creator and to come in contact with you. Obviously, there's something wonderful because I am living proof that every time you look at something and you think that it's a curse, I promise you it's a setup for a blessing. Anyway, this has been Conversations with Dr. D. Ivanyan. I love you, and I will talk to you on Wednesday. Have an awesome week. Bye now. Talk to you soon.